Encounter Press podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight, all the way from Monday morning in the Philippines, is Josh Cacho. Josh, how you doing, man? I mean, we've our families finally got adjusted, finally settled in, so I appreciate um, the listeners out there that stuck with us uh, with a little bit of a pause there. Um, but yeah, we're doing good. Um, it, obviously doing better after a win in the El Trafico because um, obviously the the games previous to that had not been all that great to watch from afar. So uh, I'm glad that our, our just like the start of this podcast, our first one back is going to be talking about a, yeah, an El Trafico, no but at least yeah. a, a positive one at that because I'm yep. pretty sure the first episode was after a, a, a bad loss we took. Yeah. Um, so here we are, you know, like I said, um, that game was it's to be well, hold on hold on there josh hold on so i feel like you should you should give the listeners we all know that i hate preamble to podcasts and shows in general but i feel like you should give them a, a bit of an explanation on what's going on down there why you fled the country in a hurry no i'm just kidding uh let them know what let them know what's going on we'll talk about the game here in a minute yeah so you know like my our my wife and I's job situation just provided us an opportunity to uh, work for work more remotely for a little bit, and so my in laws have retired here to the Philippines, and so we decided to kind of join them for the time being, um, and just kind of start getting our you know again we've always had a long term plan of kind of settling down here in the long run like in retirement time, but if we can start working on things start. Uh, businesses look for different opportunities and then also one of the big things that we're looking to do is just trying to kind of grow the sport of soccer down here is is the other big one um again post post women's world cup there is big you know there's been a, a big upswell in support and you know through through different opportunities that we're hoping that we can get something started down here to kind of just continue to grow the grassroots movement because the way that this last even this past women's world cup the team was the teams here in the philippines the national teams have been largely created um by um expats right so you have a lot of um filipinos living abroad whether they're uh, and so with that you know where the where the soccer infrastructure is just better the philippines being a basketball country um again there's just not much there but we're kind of blessed with an opportunity to help hopefully push that grassroots movement a little bit. And so, you know, it, it's been awesome because, you know, Kirk here has been um, perfectly positioned to help me, assist me and try to figure that out as he's kind of built his own little empire out there in, in Flagstaff. So, yeah, so kind of looking at that, looking at different opportunities while we're here and then go from there and see where see where life takes us. And, you know, like I said, it's it's been good to get, get back in touch with my roots, having grown up in the States, um, and then also have my daughter be able to come back and do the same, right, and, and really just experience where where her her family comes from. So it'll be good. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I'm pumped for you. We've spoken about this multiple times. <laughs> like, it seems like such a cool opportunity and such a rare one where you're able to work remotely, so you don't really have to change all that much from a career standpoint. And, um, you can just go down there and continue to kind of do the same thing, but acquire all these cool life experiences. So it's it's awesome. Uh, I think Josh, that makes us the first international LAFC podcast. Um, oh, this is true. We'll so break, I'm, make I'm, I'm going to claim that for the counter press here that we are, we are officially the only international podcast uh, for LAFC. Well, there you go. So. Well, hopefully, hopefully, with the support of Isang Bayan, we can grow the uh, the podcast, yeah. <laughs> the LAFC, the LAFC fandom here in the states. I mean, in yeah. the Philippines as well. We're gonna. Have to, I'm gonna have to brush up on some Tagalog so we can start recording. In... There you go. Oh, that'd be <laughs> legit. You know, you'll probably master it faster than I do. I just when people start speaking Tagalog to me, I just smile and nod my head, and I can understand a lot of what's going on. But being able to speak it back, having lived in Southern California for the majority of my life, it just comes in Spanish, so it becomes yeah. problematic at times. You know, so when I was living in Latin America, I met one Filipino there, and was um, it in the hospital or the airport? <laughs> no, he was in a random neighborhood in kind of a slum area of Santo Domingo. Um, and I remember um, 
going to their house and they were there were well there were a couple of them in the house and they were speaking Tagalog and I I didn't know like this is a this is just people that I had met uh, briefly and they're speaking Tagalog in the house and I was like sometimes when you pick up on a language it, you know you kind of like man I feel like I should be understanding this what's wrong with me mm-hmm. right now right and at this point I had been there for quite a while and I'm trying to figure out what what are they saying and eventually I just interrupted and I said hey what what am I missing here? And they're like, oh, well, we're speaking Tagalog to each other. You know, that's why you don't understand. And I was like, oh, because it, it almost sounds like it Spanish. sounds like something I should be able to understand, right? And yeah. I felt like I was picking up words here or there. That's about all I know of Tagalog. So. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's it. Again, in the Philippines being a former Spanish colony, you yeah, do have probably that a large Spanish, colonization there. Yeah. yeah, that large Spanish influence. But the crazy thing is if you go, there's a, there's a province slash city area um, in Zamboanga where they speak a language they call Chabacano. And it's basically just like Creole Spanish. It's mm. like, but mostly Spanish, right? So if, like, well, I mean, there's like a like hundred, there's over a hundred dialects of, of Tagalog anyway, aren't there? Yeah. So there's multiple. Throughout all the islands. My wife, when my wife speaks three, three of them. Okay fairly yeah. fluently and then you know like i said then i got now i can pretend i speak one of them if i go to that area in the philippines where they just speak spanish so um <laughs> you know that's that's my only thing that's so otherwise it's just english for me and i can understand tagalog fairly well like my mom would speak to me at home and stuff like that but because of where we grew up in this where we grew up in northern california and then moving back down to southern california like you just don't have that opportunity to practice too often yeah yeah I really do think it takes being immersed uh, yeah. in a language to to really master it. Yeah. The funny thing is, it's like now when I try to speak it, both of it, both me and the listener are embarrassed because they are embarrassed to speak English. I'm embarrassed to speak Tagalog. So we just have this like <laughs> staring competition to decide, you know, who who is going to be less, you know, less embarrassed first. Yeah. Just Who's going to patronize it. who and speak the other person's language? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I mean, to be fair, I am in their country or my country, so I should speak more Tagalog than I do. But, yeah. you know, I'm like, it'll be a work in progress. I got my Rosetta Stone going and, you know, learning you little go. by little. There you go. All right. Well, that's seven and a half minutes of preamble. So I'm cutting us off there. No more personal anecdotes. <laughs> so let's get to the game. LAFC host the Galaxy and uh, beat them four to two. It didn't feel even that close other than two complete, uh, I don't even know what you would characterize them as, Josh, just two complete shutdowns on defense where they just shut down, meaning like they just shut down, like you turn off a computer and that was the end of it. And like Galaxy just scored two really easy goals. Yeah, um, like goals against the run of play happen, right? We like, yeah, like it's it's hard. Like you can be, you can be like it's, the frustrating thing is not so much that the the goals occurred, right? Um, you're you're more annoyed, like man, you got to in those moments you have to be you have to be set, you have to be woken up, you have to be ready, knowing that their you know teams are going to fight back, right? That that type of mentality just being more aware and alert of, of what's going on but i don't think that the two goals that we gave up are similar to the issues that we've been looking at over the past yeah yeah years right like you know this the the goals that we gave up feel like more of like lafc 1.0 era in the in the bob rally where you're just giving up yeah set piece goal after set piece goal um this you know like i said but so that's why i'm not all that mad about what had happened because again i don't it, it does feel like if anything it it was against i think it, it's against the run of play but also again it has it hadn't been symptomatic of the larger issues that we had been pointing out you know through the through this bad spell so again you know like like you're saying it's like they generally looked in control right which is something that we've yeah. we've been we've been harping about because lafc while seemingly being on the front foot are not necessarily in control of the game, even when they're scoring a lot of goals, right? Like they, they, you know, like, uh, but today looked completely different, right? I think like one of the key instances it's like that I felt was that all, almost all the plays 
that we that we all the opportunities that we pushed numbers forward, those plays were finished. Right, it ended up in a yep. goal kick, yep. or it ended up in a corner kick, or it ended up in a throw-in, something along that line. But it was never like push numbers forward, turn the ball over, and now we're going back the other way. Right, it was very much like, you know, like you 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 try and create opportunity, and it, and we were going to do something with it, and then it was out of bounds. Right, and yeah, yeah. Also, you know, from a tactical standpoint, I do think that LAFC looked better set up to deal with what the Galaxy had been hitting us with over the, you know, in the Ricky Pooch era, right? Like where they've largely controlled the midfield. I didn't necessarily feel that way in this game right now. It looked like we were in a four, five, one most of the time because the wingers were dropped back fairly deep, right? In, in when we were out of possession, right? Comparatively, usually we're in like a flat four, three, three, right? Yeah. So I, I, I did think it was interesting the way that they defended and you, you talked about control, uh, this is a great example of how you can control a match without controlling the ball itself, like having possession where Galaxy had something like 67% possession, which is a lot of the ball, right? Uh, but it may, have been, it may have been 63 and we had 37. I can't remember what the exact split was, but still a, a lot of the ball for Galaxy. Um, but you're denying them access to really their entire attacking third. Galaxy couldn't get the ball past the middle third, really. Uh, and it was interesting to watch them. I thought mostly it was kind of a four-four-two, but they would rotate who was going to go up alongside Vela. Um, sometimes it was Bogut. Sometimes it was one of the wingers. Sometimes it was, you know, it was, it was just a, to me, that's an indication of it being well-worked, meaning that like they just knew, all right, somebody's got to be up top. We're going to get back into this shape. Bogut is gone right now, so I'm going to slide back or slide, you know, wherever I have to go. Um and it kind of morphed as it went side to side and you'd see somebody step out um, at the right time. And it, I mean, the, the galaxy have a great midfield. So adding, adding numbers to the midfield going into a four, four, two um, and playing essentially four on three with your two strikers and your two central midfielders really did a lot to neutralize what galaxy were able to do so much so that Pooj kept, hanging back further and further. Uh, and he, I mean, he was really a non-factor in this game. Uh, whereas normally he's able to just kind of do his thing where he kind of like, he, he, to me, he kind of looks like a figure skater on the, on the ball, Josh, like he's always just <laughs> gliding around. Um, it's always pretty impressive to watch him on the ball as he's going through the midfield, just carving you up. Um, yeah. I mean, but, you know, you're doing a good job when you're forced, when the best player is being forced to pick, come back into their yes. own defensive yes. third to pick up the ball. Because again, we've seen teams do this at LAFC where Carlos Vela is like, you know, at the eight, at our own 18 trying to pick up the ball and then yeah, having yeah. to go the length of the field or whatever it may mm -hmm. be. But in this particular case, right, it was nice to see us kind of give other teams a taste of their own medicine and just be suffocating to the point. Again, not, not suffocating in a pressing standpoint, right, where we've seen that right where we're, they don't even get out of their third right we're happy to let them bring it up to midfield but their ability to connect right they're starting to look like you know they, they basically look like an l tree team right where they they have 90 percent possession and one shot on target or two shots on target right? yeah i mean they uh, had however, two shots on target and both were goals both. i think is how it ended <laughs> yeah so they're not again i think like if you were to look at the xg or whatever it's probably i think it's like 0.8 yeah. Point six, right. maybe so that, even. Yeah. Right. So the two goals are, like I said, given that they were against a round of play, the first one, I, I blinked and then they were, had already scored on that one. That's just yeah, falling yeah. asleep at the wheel. Right. And then that's like uh, the most Matthew, typical El Trafico Galaxy goal ever. Absolutely. Like but also, masterclass from Mr. $1.5 million Aaron Long in, in yeah. you know, marketing. So I'll tell you right what, now. to be honest, I, I was not, I was not happy with long in that moment i thought Chiellini was caught in no man's land and i think Ilya is is to blame on both these goals as well for closing guys down a little bit too slow um but yeah i mean long has got to track that runner if, if Chiellini's caught out but yeah it's just yeah i mean man. again it's 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 definitely 
a team failure to give up the first one, especially, right? Like yeah, they play yeah. through your entire front two lines, right? And it goes, you know, but obviously in that moment where it's not like the Alci had a numbers advantage, but then you put you put Kiliani in a bad spot when Long tracks the wrong person. Right. Yeah, he he yeah. he doesn't communicate well with um with with Hollings head on the backside and then next thing you know it's they're guarding the same person and then one person is free. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Right. I, I picked up on something there, Josh. You said one point five Aaron one point five million long. Uh we used to call him fifteen million long <laughs> based on what Red Bulls were asking from Liverpool. Uh did we did we just demote him by what is that? Did we just demote him to ten percent of his original nickname? Is that the idea? <laughs> I mean, I get the LAFC did that unintentionally, right, by signing him to that contract, because apparently that's all, all, all that he was able to garner on the open market. But you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess technically um, it's six hundred thousand. Right, six hundred thousand right. dollar Aaron Long, because sure. that's all the budget charge he gets gets you. So, um. Yeah, so, I mean, plenty of stuff to like in this match. Uh, scoring four goals uh, is fantastic. Uh, LAFC looked like they were going to be more surgical from the beginning. This is, And this is kind of one of those things about this team where, where sometimes they look completely unstoppable in the way that they counter. And, la- and this game was a perfect example of where the ball keeps moving enough in the counterattack that you can't effectively defend, right? Um, so the the first goal, you know, it's, it's out with Palacios and then Bowanga and Vela are rushing in. It's a great cross from Palacios, excellent header from Bowanga, up one nothing. Then, like you said, there's this weird goal from the ensuing kickoff where everybody's just still partying, I guess. Uh, and then it's one-to-one. Um then Ryan Hollingshead just steps up and crushes a ball. This is one of those things that I like. I am continually more and more impressed with Hollingshead. I know we uh, gave him a lot of grief last year after he moved to right back because he just seemed so uncomfortable out there. But the more, the longer that he's there at, on the right side, the more and more that I love this guy because of the way that he plays in the midfield and in the half space specifically. And this is a perfect example where he's cutting in and shooting laser beams with his left foot. Like I, Josh, I didn't know he had that kind of power and accuracy in his left foot. I had I mean, no to idea. To be fair, he had been a... I mean, again, we thought he was left-footed the whole time because he'd only played left back for right. FC Dallas, right. right? So he'd always been great at sending in crosses and had always had been noted as one of the best, better attacking fullbacks in the league to that point. We just assumed that he was a left back, right? And, and, and left footed, a left footed left back come to yeah. find out he's actually a right footed and just hadn't been there the majority of his career, you know? And so now to see him come back, you know, again, he proves that he's just a truly, you know, two footed individual and can yeah. do multiple things you know, like and now to have that alongside, you know, with with a Kellen paired with a Kellen Acosta who kind of does similar things, that does give you a lot of flexibility. Acosta, yeah. yeah, yeah, gives you a lot of flexibility there. And then again, I mean, you add the the level of talent around them. Um, the you know again, the the upside of those guys is that it raises your floor dramatic. You know, in a dramatic yes. way. Right? Those are the signings so, that everybody was asking for, right? When when yeah. the team was too young and and uh, like not quite hardened right where they would just give up those goals. Like you talked about, everything would fall apart. Um, yeah. Not having I mean, those kind of. Yeah. Like when you think about it though, it's like, it's the reason why even after a bad spell here, right. We were fourth in the West right now up yeah, to third. Yeah. Right. Versus technically when, second now. Yeah. When, whereas when they went through a bad spell in the Bob Bradley area era, right. You're like, outside the playoff line yeah right yeah. because those bad right. spells would continue but the the leadership i think the guys like that they bring leadership they bring understanding um again when you have a when you just just have a veteran laden team like we do sprinkled in with young talent again the floor the floor is just significantly higher and yeah. i think it again it it lays 
a good foundation and framework for how I think the team would like will likely proceed forward. Right? You'll probably always see the Hollingsheads of the world, the Acostas of the world, probably sprinkled in with some of the talent they try and bring in around. Yeah. I think one more thing about, and we've kind of talked about this before, but Hollingshead is a right back with that kind of ability in and around the box and through the, and through the middle third, to be honest, because I think he's, he's solid in possession. He's not, he's not threading incredibly impressive passes, but like he doesn't, that's not, it's fine that that's not his job, but having that kind of ability in the final third from your, from your right back, who can cut in like an inverted left winger or right winger. I mean, like you could, you could just put, you can pair him with whatever type of right winger you want now um, to hold that position wide and really overload in a way that I think would, would challenge teams uh, to, to, to an extent that they wouldn't be able to handle. Right. If you have a, if you have a traditional winger with his heels on the on the line on the touch line, right, and a midfield behind, and here comes your right back dribbling through the half space, um, I don't know how you defend that because if you if you go after Hollingshead, he's going to slip the right winger in behind, um, and if you cover both of them, then you're going to leave a bunch of midfielders open for runs through. So well, that, I mean, and you saw it in this game with Oliveira, right? Like I said, yeah, like yeah. their their ability to come. Like again, I was not expecting that level of ability to combine in their in their build-up play, given that Oliveira hasn't has only been with the team for so long, right? Like yeah, typically yeah. It, would, it would, you know, like I would expect it when you see Vela and Hollingshead together, right? Because they're mm-hmm. just more seasoned and they've had time together. But to see it from with a new player speaks volumes to to both of their talent, right? Like I said, to Oliveira yeah. for being, you know, being understanding, but also Hollingshead has the veteran and the leader, you know, and the leaders on the team to be able to to pick his spots and find those opportunities yeah. where it is instead of again forcing Oliver to play a specific way or whatever. I mean, he kind of you see he kind of just lets Oliver do his thing and then fills in the fills in the blanks, which again, yeah, you love to see. I mean, the yeah, specifically about that combination. Think about being a left back and being put into two v ones constantly throughout a game uh against Hollingshead who if you leave open will dribble in and punish you by shooting as he did last night or Oliveira and if you step to Hollingshead to stop him now Oliveira is going to get slipped in behind you and that man is never going to be caught like once he's in behind it's there's there's no catching him right Raheem Edwards is the first sub galaxy make because uh, much to my delight, he was the one that had to put up with this all night and he did awful. And I loved seeing Raheem Edwards struggle against what was coming down the right wing for LAFC. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think we've ever, we've ever made him work in that way. Right. Like when, when Val is out there, it's a little bit more predictable. It's a little bit more, you know, like, you know what Vela wants to do. He's been in the league for a long time, but Oliveira just seems to give you a different gear. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that Vela is not effective because they used to them switch and you'll see them do different stuff, but it just gives you gives you different looks. And again, Hollingshead is what kind of puts it all together, right? Because of his ability yeah. to play on either foot. Again, it's actually more of a dynamic attack than where we prefer to attack this season, which is through uh Cheeky and, and Buanga, right? Like you really know what's coming down that side, right? It's either Buanga cutting in or Cheeky on the cross, right? Yeah. Now, well, I mean, it's, I it's a they're... similar it's a similar thing there, right? Except on that side, you have Palacios is the one that takes the wing, right? And Buanga is the one that cuts inside uh, at, into the half space, right? So those roles are just inverted, which I think I think that kind of asymmetry actually makes makes LAFC that much more unpredictable and, and difficult yeah. to deal with. And especially if you have if if both Carlos and Gonzalez when he's in the game can can be effective space interpreters, right? When yeah, those things yeah, are occurring, yeah. then it makes it even better. And I think and I do think like Vela already does it, but I think Gonzalez also his profile matches up with with what you would need there, right? Like you yeah, you want to yeah. see more end product, but he his movements make sense to me, 
right? It doesn't feel like they're, you're not shaking your head with what Gonzalez is doing when he tries something. It's, it hasn't come off always, but when you watch him move, you're like, okay, he's in the right spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sets up the, what, the, the last, Tillman goal. The Tillman goal. Yeah. Right. So again, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him, continue to give him grace and time to vet in and do this thing. But, um, you know, I think, like I said, the, when you think for as bad as we we were playing, and again, this is the the this is being spoiled, being in being an LA sports fan, right? Where you're used to winning and these different things. Now to kind of see them put it back together, right? It it then it, it's definitely, I think it definitely calms some nerves that at minimum. Yeah, I think I think LAFC had a lot to lose last night. If you lose that match against the Galaxy, that would be the second in as many months, really. Um, and it would have extended your losing streak to four. Um, and really, you would have slid down the table as well to the point where you're in fourth or fifth place, maybe even sixth. So you're you're. I think the narrative really starts to to pick up steam there that like this team is done. And I think last night is just enough of a of a of a game to kind of galvanize the troops, hopefully, and uh, and show them what they can do. Now, granted, Galaxy are not a good team, and we've talked about this a lot. Um, so, in terms of like a prognosis going forward, is it's tough to say because we've seen them dismantle bad teams plenty this year. And then, yeah, but I think the issue as of late is that they've lost the bad teams as well, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean that's I mean that's really the issue is that it's inconsistent, right? They had the consistent, mm-hmm. they had a, a lot of consistent consistency, excuse me, to start, and then they consistently lost, and then since really the beginning of July, it's kind of been up and down, up and down, up and down, um, and they've really beat up on some bad teams, and you're like, okay, this is where they're going to turn the corner, right? So. Um, I think what you see last night is is a great example of how good they can be. Um, and so hopefully they stick with it. And like, that's something that they build on. I did, I did think that there was a, a much bigger emphasis on sharing the ball in the final third, especially I felt like guys are playing much more unselfish, especially Bowanga uh, to the point where I like, I like he, he made several passes where it was like, even I was like, dude, you could have just taken it there. But yeah. um like though though it, it felt like he was overcompensating after the last one and how yeah. how, how hard <laughs> everyone came yeah. after him. Yeah, but yeah. My yeah. guy, you're also not a very not very good at crossing the ball. So pick your <laughs> pick your opportunities, right? It's like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't mean you have to send the cross in every single time, but it also does mean you need to dribble one v four every single time yeah. either, right? So but, yeah, yeah, I mean happy but, medium, but again, I guess. Yeah. But it's, 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 what is it? It's the thought that counts. The fact that he's thinking about yes. the fact that he's cognizant of it, um, where he seems to have taken the criticism well and kind of like understood, okay, this is for us to be even more successful. This is how I have to yeah. play it. And well, I'm, that, I'm sure yeah, you're, you're 100% out, right? right. Where you have probably, a superstar, mm-hmm. you have a superstar that's willing to, to share. And he's yeah. willing to do his part for the team, right? There's that famous Latan quote. I'm, I have to paraphrase it, but um, from when he was playing with Barcelona and how he didn't really care for Pep and he didn't really care. I think I think it may have been about Xavi because he says that Xavi didn't pass in the ball enough or something. And he's like, Messi was the smartest player on the team because he would always pass the ball to me and I would always score. And then Pep would get mad and take me out. Like, <laughs> so it's like that the fact that Boanga took that feedback. He's like, "All right, we'll change it up a bit, right?" And then he gets a brace anyway. Mm-hmm. And and again, I, I think, but I think that that in itself, right? It's a from a, as a coach, right? For yeah. you to to bring point that out to a superstar, right? Like the worst thing thing that can happen as a coach, and again, this is from 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 both of us, right? Is to is to give feedback to a player. And then when they try to implement said feedback, it goes the complete opposite direction, right? And it continues yeah. to fail because there's other there were other broken parts, right? The issue with this team was that there weren't that many broken parts, right? 70% of the game, LAFC has been, oh, even the games that we lost were great, right? Whether it be Monterey, whether it be Miami, for large parts of the game, LAFC looks great, 
and then they should, you know, it's the, the other 25, you know, other 25, 30% that you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, what the heck is going on? And then where they, where they drop, you know, where they, where they just fall apart, right? So I think in this case, as again, as a coach, when you look at it, this is a dream come true because for now you get your superstar to buy in just enough, right? Where it's like, oh, if you share, now you're going to score more, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's, right. it's, you know, probably whatever Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson probably dealt with that when he was with Shaq and Kobe, right? So how do you get Kobe to give the ball to Shaq to now open yourself up? Right. Mm. And so Vela, I think is high enough IQ that he understands, he understands, you know, like I said, he's always been a great passer, right? So I think it's, it's always been part of his game to be a distributor as well as a scorer. I think him being a scorer was more of a shock to most people than it was that he was a good passer, right? Um, because yeah, if you fair. look at, right? So I think in this in this case, right, where Bwanga has largely only shown that, like, had largely shown that scoring was his MO, but the rest of it was lacking, I think in this case, hopefully now opens up his game even more for us. Yeah. Uh, a couple other performances that I want to highlight. Uh, I thought Acosta was immense in the midfield again. Um, his defensive presence there is, in some ways, I think indispensable. Bogush, I thought, was fantastic. Okay, uh, please, please tell me, Kirk, you weren't just like salivating to see Bogush turn, make every single turn on the opposite uh, on the on the opposite foot, right? Where it's like yeah, he let the yeah. ball run across his body and turn yeah. properly in, into the midfield, which again, for the first two or three years of this podcast, that was like our biggest pet peeve was that you would see our midfielders take the ball on their, on the front foot and not the yeah. back. It's not back foot. Well, so there's, there's two ways to, to call it. You can, you, people call it back foot or, or across your body, right? Essentially meaning that you let the ball run across to the, the foot that is farther away from, um, from the person passing to you. Now it also, it also matters that, your hips are facing the right way because if your hips are facing the wrong way and you let the ball run across your body, then you've still done the wrong thing. Uh, but it's all just about orienting yourself on the field properly. And this is a big positional play thing. So I like I I do notice that kind of stuff a lot. Um, it's not as necessary if you're not like a strict positional play team, but. Um, but here's the thing. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know how much I you want to hear about this. I can go on all night about yeah. how to receive the ball properly, but I think um, it's important to control though. Cause I think that's the big thing, right? It was like, yeah, what, what, what ends up happening is that when you don't do this, right. When you don't, when you don't let it run across your body is that it tend the the bounces tend to be more, more harsh. The, the, the first touch tends to be a little more harsh. It tends to be a little less controlled and in a, on a team where, we often lose control in the worst of moments, right? To have a guy like Bogush who's able to control the ball in a tight space by letting, doing the little things like letting the ball run across his body into space um, where, you know, or, and using his body to shield the defender from the ball, right? Is just like a breath mm -hmm. of fresh air. Because again, I think in, when, when you consider what, what we've, what we've struggled with at times, right? Which was getting into the final third. And instead of finishing the play, you turn it off, you turn it over off of bad touch, off of bad decision. And then it's a hundred miles back to hundred miles in our back the other direction. In this case with Bosch, I think you do see that opportunity where it's like, even when there is a guy there, he's in, still in good position to now continue to make a play on the ball and re, you know, and, and, do again to try and win the ball back, right? As opposed to a lot of times, if that ball bounces off that front foot, your hips are flipped the complete wrong direction, and now your recovery is compromised as well. Yeah. So the, I mean, I don't know how nitpicky we want to get with this, but to me, so the the biggest part about it is you want your hips oriented the right way, so you can see the fields, and you're already facing that way, right? So when you do control the ball, you're already in a position to play the ball forward or sideways or whichever way it needs to go because you're you're already facing that direction. The ball's directly in front of you. Um, so I don't know that it always, I don't know that it softens your first touch. You should have a good touch on, on both feet for this reason. So you can receive it appropriately depending on where the ball's coming from and who's there. The other thing that it does is there's a lot of implicit communication in, in the way you pass. And this is one of those discussions that um, I hope starts to happen more 
with guys like Busquets here, right? Where if Busquets sends you the ball to your near foot, to your front foot, as we as we would say here, it means the ball needs to come back to me. Like he's communicating to you. I'm moving the ball. I know I know I passed it in front of you and not across your body. Give it back to me. So it's it's him communicating to you. I see something. I'm moving the ball here. Please give it back to me so I can do something else with it, right? So I think it was Marcelo Bielsa once said that, that there's like 37 different ways to communicate with a pass, which I could probably give you like six, but it's, it's a local, right? So it's, he's probably, he probably has 37. I'm sure if you pressed him on it, he'd be like, yeah, there's 37 and here they are. Um, but it's all those little intricacies. So you know that when somebody's not receiving it properly, that they're not looped in on that kind of communication, but that kind of, that kind of implicit communication is built and understood like we talked about with Tagalog, for example, we did not plan this, by the way, <laughs> this show is not produced. Um, you have to be immersed in it for a long time. And that's how you start to speak that language, right? So the idea of passing in a certain direction or to a certain foot or with a certain pace or whatever it is, all of that is communicating implicitly. So the default there is to receive across your body, right? And this is something that you see top level midfielders do instinctively um so i the, one little uh anecdote on that uh read thomas tuchel's biography a while ago and there's like two pages dedicated to him watching 2009 barca and coming to this realization that they're doing this and it was incredible for me to be this is I think it came out right after Tuchel had won the Champions League. It was incredible Dude. to me to read this and see a man who's not only played professionally but coached professionally for years at that point watching Barca and be like have this epiphany moment like oh my wh- why are they doing this? Why they're receiving the ball this way? It looks different from what we do, but their hips are now oriented the, the right direction, yeah. So it's interesting um that for a long time this wasn't even part of the discussion in most soccer circles but anyway bogus does it really well i do agree <laughs> yeah and i get it and it, it, it's awesome because it does it it leads to so many more opportunities into open space right whereas like i said for the longest time like progression from my midfield was was just a thing like we it was an afterthought Right, the the midfield was solely there just to be destroyers, just to turn the ball over, and and again, and and the the progression and the possession in which they played with wasn't ideal. Now to see it kind of coming out and you see it just look more, so much more fluid. But then it also connects the it connects the two lines so much more efficiently yeah. than yeah. I think we've seen ever in the history of the team. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about the 4-3-3. Sorry, I think my mic just popped there. Um, we've talked about the 4-3-3 and how it's essentially a circle, right? And a triangle midfield in the middle that's controlling everything and moving the ball side to side. And so all those little intricacies actually matter when you use a triangle midfield as it's intended to be used, right? Where you're moving the ball around. And that doesn't mean that you have to have 65% of possession of the ball. It just means that when you do have the ball, you connect all those points on that circle around that triangle uh, effectively. But anyway, um, I, I, we all know that I love Bogish in the middle, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, I think there's this no one just confirmed that. it even more so. Like, yeah, again, yeah. I think it's one of those things to, to watch. And, you know, like I said, you can, you can see... That he, you know, you know, he's doing things that are positive, but to really put pen to paper and a- analyze it and really break down what what makes him special, I think is fun to do because again, it, yeah, it is uh, a sight to see after you know right. Uh, right. with this team because I think it just completes it just completes the picture so much better than it than yeah. I think we've been able to in the yeah. past. Uh, the last thing here, Josh, before we get into questions, I have the return of Maxime Cropot, which was. <laughs> Uh, a welcome sight. Uh, it's it's been a long time since he's suited up for the first team, um, and I enjoyed seeing him. Uh, he looked a bit nervy at times in between the sticks, but um, it was yeah, it was I great think, to see him back out there finally. 
Yeah. As, so as a physical therapist, the times in which he looked nervy made complete sense to me, right? Coming mm. out of the traffic, mm. coming out, like doing those different things. Like I 100% expect a guy that had his leg shattered, you know, like coming out, you know, coming off his line to be nervous about that, right? Or to have, yeah. to, th- to, th- to think twice about it. But everything else about his game, right, is like er- the all the reason why we spent as much money as we did on him was because, again, his ability to pass, like you can control the game so much more efficiently when you have a keeper yeah. that can pass from the back and his distribution is, is you know, and, and his distribution is as good as Max's was and continues to be, right? Yeah. Um, because, again, it just, it just makes it, Again, how often do we see balls just being lumped forward into space? Yeah, and I mean, one of the things you notice is that he will ping a ball with his left or his right foot, mm-hmm. which is again kind of going back to some of those like technical things that uh, are just expected of people, especially in certain positions. Like as a keeper, you don't have a whole lot of time, so you know what your your weak foot is going to have to have some power and accuracy in it to be able to send long passes at least semi-accurately right um so it's something that lafc is definitely definitely missed um shout out to john mccarthy for holding it down for so long uh coming in again we all know the story came in wins the penalty shootout mls cup mvp well deserved and then really kept lafc in a lot of games and and was a big part of why they were successful for the first two-thirds of the year um, but to say that, uh, McCar- that, uh, Kripo isn't an upgrade is, is, um, uh, that would be lying. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's get to some questions here. Unless you got anything else from the game, Josh. No, like I said, it was fun one to watch, but I'm anxious to see what people had to think. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan at Buzology, we took advantage of Mavinga tonight. My goodness. He is awful. I'm still worried about our offense versus a better defense. I mean, this is a, uh, Oliveira was also abusing him as much as he's abusing uh, Raheem Edwards, uh, and then of course the the pass, the Andre Orta pass that Mavinga makes just directly to Denny Boanga. Um, finally, some payback, right after all this time, where uh, Andre Orta just gifted the Galaxy in El Trafico win, and now that favor has been returned. Yeah. Um, to that point, I do wonder how many legitimate defenses will be around that aren't going to be that that aren't also going to play on the front foot as well mm. moving mm. forward. Right. Like by the time it by the time it all all equals out, right? Generally speaking, right? Like there's not very many teams that just sit back. Right. Yeah. Even even the Nashvilles of the world who are defensively sound, you have Hani Mutar, right? So you could you 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 do have to do something offensively, right? You're not you're not gonna see yeah. a full like LFC has not struggled against good teams. We've struggled against teams that have no desire to move forward, right? Mm. And then just play in a block, right. whether it was right. Lyon at times, um, or or you know, Minnesota, right, has always been a bugaboo because Vancouver plays. Yeah, is another one, right? Also, you when you're playing on carpet, it, it, that tends to happen as well. <laughs> Do you see Tristan Blackman had a goal the other day? Yeah, I mean, I love they, it. I mean, left left so wide open on a corner kick that he didn't even have to jump. <laughs> Just yeah. the ball basically landed on his head, and he he turns around, puts his arms up like the old Michael Jordan. Uh, he's like, I can't miss. There's nothing. <laughs> Always love to see Swaggy T get on the yes. get on the score sheet because yes. he's Absolutely. definitely one of the. Obviously, was a, a remnant of the Bob Bradley era, but a guy that I think brought a lot, you know, like I said, always brought it for LAFC when yeah. when available. Counterpress favorite, Swaggy T. Uh, all right. Next one is from shoulder to shoulder. Max or McCarthy, Josh? I'm Max all day long. Or again, same thing you iterated earlier. No, no disrespect. No, again, McCarthy is. A amazing shot stopper and did that and kept us in games even when we begin and largely because we could we lacked control of a lot of the games that, even the games that we win we don't we're generally not in control of the not in that possession just not in control of the game state a lot of times yeah um 
McCarthy is going to be the guy that bails you out and keep, and wins you the, a lot of those games, right? Versus, mm-hmm. I think now again it with Max there, it gives you a guy that allows you to control the game in multiple facets, right? Whether it's yeah. through possession or just being smart with your distribution, even when you're trying to counter and those different things, it just gives you, it just gives you more options. So I think, like I said, I'm I'm Team Max again, again, and I think those. You know the the sports psychologist and and the and the physio team will be working overtime to get him more comfortable in those spots coming out into space coming off his line being aggressive um and, and it'll take some time to break it you know break through that fear but again like i said to when you just watch his passing alone you know the fact that he plays sideways he plays forward he does what he needs to can play with either foot right like that's that's why we paid what we did for him yeah, I'm in. Give me Max. Ben Cox. Vela's look to the sideline when he took out Pooch is all I needed. This was a great moment where he just <laughs> two-hand shoves him to the ground. Uh, an incredible traffical moment that uh, that I loved. Um, was it a necessary foul? No. But am I complaining about it? No. Um, it's I'm necessary for the culture. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for the, for the game in itself, absolutely not. But for the culture, you know, to see the Payaso tossed to the yeah. side, can't yep. go wrong. Uh, Hollingshead leaving a little something on a Raheem Edwards tackle, right? Like there, there are, uh, I'm perfectly fine with ticky tack or, or, you know, a little yeah. extracurricular foul, um, on the, on those that push it, the narrative. Now like, let's put it this way. This team seems fully aware of the gravity of El Trafico, right? Mm. In in from a cultural standpoint. Not necessarily, you know, like I said, Cheeky needs to calm it down and stop yelling at the refs yeah. every five seconds. I thought I thought he was uh, gonna get sent off in the first five minutes. Yeah, I couldn't I mean, believe like, that, I the way you wigged I don't out. know I don't know what he has against I mean maybe maybe he's like the you know he's like the biggest critic of the, the pro referees or someone I don't know. Like He's, but I've never, I, even the most, even the most vitriolic Twitter accounts don't rise to the level of cheeky as it pertains to his, <laughs> his, his disdain for the pro ref. Oh man. I mean, it was, I couldn't, I mean, the way that he ran after Penso after seeing yellow and then went away, got called back for a talking to, and is still just barking at him. I'm thinking. Yeah. Granted, I Penso cannot is, believe what are you doing? Pencil makes Ted Uncle sometimes look like a good ref. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I have uh, no specific love for Chris Pencil or the way that he officiates games. I think that I think that he uh, is a guy that very much goes by the feel of the game, and he will or will not make calls based on like how the game seems to be going, um, which I think is inappropriate. I'm a, when I when I. <laughs> When I want, when I talk about how I want the game ref, I want it repped up and down, like straight across. I want, I want you to enforce the laws as they're written, so that way we all know what's going on, and there's no room for, uh, for doubt or or misinterpretation. Uh, but man, Penso does seem to, uh, to insert himself where he doesn't belong. Um, that's about as much as I'll say about referees. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. it, he, it's a, again, it's a human ordeal. So you have to deal with the humans that are there in those uniforms. He's making me enjoy Elfath. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, I know you have a bone to pick with Elfath. I've always thought he's been, he's been rather decent, uh, in terms of officials, but you know, I think pro referees just, in general are not the greatest. Elfath always just seemed to ref the games in which LAFC got whacked, so I think that's probably why that where yeah. that comes from. But this is and this is my this is my overall uh, hesitation when it comes to refs. I feel like the losing team pencil, is always the one that's going to complain. So pencil just is just bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, next one finally didn't drop points to oh this is Tom Camilleri. Sorry. Finally, didn't drop points to a bad team. Always good to beat Galaxy in their MLS Cup. Ooh, a little bit of shade there. And they kept Lil Ricky from doing anything of note. But seems like they still need to, uh, still need more ideas in the final third. Is it yips at this point? 
Man, Tom um, with the I love Lucy and hot take. I mean, <laughs> hot take right there. Golly. Oh, um, man. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the first thing I think is key is just like we didn't drop points to a bad team, right? Yep. Again, we've, we've gotten a lot of flack for losing quote-unquote big games, right? Which, again, they have, right? They've lost MLS Cups. But again, ultimately, like, only one team wins championship. There has to be a loser at some point, right? You you can't win them all, right? Now, what the ones, you, but I think to be a truly consistently good team, right? You have to win games against bad teams, right? And and I think that's where some of the frustration is liability. It's like you'll beat, you can beat a Philadelphia, you beat a St. Louis, right? But you lose to Vancouver on the road. You lose to minnesota when there there's zero you know off a set piece or something along that line that, that's always been the frustration with this team so yeah 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 all right lionel huts fair to say the center back rankings for dolo are one chiellini two long three mario and four maldonado i think this is probably how he sees it um yeah i mean despite the fact mario... that it's clearly mario and then long and then maldonado but yeah you know, is Mario, or do we know if Mario is 100% healthy yet? I thought he was because he played a few games. Now, I don't know if he got another knock. I don't think anybody was on the injury report. Uh, no, but week. I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, are they easing him back in? Are they doing different things? You know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if his man, if his minutes are being managed or something still, but knowing, knowing um, that if Keeling may not play the next game or whatever, maybe because, you know, I know yeah, that could be it too. Yeah. Yeah. So if if though I mean he may still see Long as the workhorse and then Chiellini and Mario as the interchangeable guys now. Yeah, so. that's an interesting thought too. That there may be different roles as opposed to uh, like a, a an actual pecking order, right? Yeah, it seems um, like it. I mean, again, I think when you have again and then like I said in 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 the MLS when you consider with center backs with an MLS, Air Long is in the top half of them and, and a good one at that, right? If it came to, if you look at guys who can play possession football, it's a different story, right? Yeah. Um, and again, obviously that we're going to point out his, his mistakes, you know, his, his mistakes become more glaring because we're always quick to point it out as well. But I think when you have a guy that's good and a veteran and then, Again, it may come down to chemistry as well. Maybe it's a communication issue. Maybe it's a uh, how they how they flow and work together, right? Because aren't you technically yeah. playing two left-footed guys in Chiellini and Long together when you have that on there as well? Is Long left-footed? I thought he was. Isn't he always plays the left side of the I U.S. national I think team? He's right-footed. He just always plays on the left. Maybe he's okay. I thought I thought he was left-footed, but maybe I'm mistaken. Uh, I will give you the reason why I specifically go at Aaron Long so much, and it's because I can't stand, can't stand it at all when U.S. fans hype up their MLS player, you know, from their franchise as like the thing that's going to save the team. Um, and the Red Bulls for a long time, a long time, did this with Dax McCarty. Sasha Kleshton, um, Aaron Long. For, I mean, he his leash has been uh, incredibly long, excuse the pun, in terms of like his USMNT career. And there's this thing that gets bandied about that drives me crazy. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago where people will say, well, he's an international caliber center back and it never gets challenged. People just throw it out like because he plays for the US, well, now he's international caliber which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you can go back and watch him in CCL in years past, and he looks bad. You can watch him with the U.S., and he looks bad. Uh, you can watch him against CONCACAF minnows like Panama in the last qualifying cycle, and he's getting spun like a top uh, repeatedly. Um, so I just always it, – it's – I think the league – and the U.S. has put a target on his back. Greg Berhalter is included with this because of the way that he includes him at, you know, I get on the leadership council and he's always calling him in and he's talked and he talks so highly about him. 
So all these people have put an unfair target on Long as like, you know, some sort of center back Jesus. And it's never panned out that way. He's never been the guy that everybody in the league and around the U.S. has has tried to hype him up to be. Yeah, I mean, that's it. If you just let him be him, right, he's going to be a, a you know, upper upper tier MLS center back, right? Like, he was a good MLS center back, does his job, you know, like, again, like, was probably a good leader in the locker room, all those different things. Like, you can leave it at that. But again, I think, like I said, the frustration, and largely this happens with almost everything that has to do with MLS, right, is our frustration has always been the 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 hype that gets placed around yeah. random guys for purely marketing reasons and not anything to do with actual product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is right-footed. Oh, okay. Well, um, then it makes more sense. <laughs> if you had to guess his percentile in the last 365 days on progressive passes, what would you guess it is? 30%. Nope. Less? Less. Oh my gosh. Uh, what, 10? 14th percentile. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, he is in the 85th percentile for tackles per 90, 1.86. 41st percentile for interceptions, 1.19. Uh, he is the 79th percentile for clearances. And Ariel's one, Josh. Where would you where would you rank him in terms of percentile? And Ariel's one within the league. I would have given given what his given what his reputation again, whether fair or not, is. I would say he should be in the eighty fifth or higher. Nope, not even close. Is what fiftieth? Lower. What? Thirty two. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Kirk, we need to move on and start talking about the win because I mean we did beat the galaxy, so <laughs> this is starting to be a, a drag on the on the vibes. Yeah, no, it's it, it, yeah. No, let's get back to the party here. Okay, <laughs> uh, sorry guys. Um, Petra, sorry man, I can't say your last name is Yo Yo Tori. Um, glad the team didn't lose that Carson goal by bald English Muppet. What's his name? Is it um, Billy, Billy Taylor? Sh- Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp, <laughs> somehow more English than Billy Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was because the players fell asleep. That needs to stop. Also, screw Carson fans. Yeah, uh, you know, but it's a, it's another one of those El Trafico goals that Galaxy gets. It's Christian Pavone punching you in the face 13 seconds into a game, right? It's it's a lot time coming in and scoring an absolute banger within a minute. Um is it weird things happen, but as long as the good guys win, we're happy, right? We're going to prove that we're happy tonight, Josh, <laughs> despite our Aaron long tie drive. <laughs> yeah. We're only, oh. only positive vibes allowed now. For, come on. Yes. Uh, LAFC Luke. Oliveira was my biggest surprise. He made some great runs. Not sure about Dolo's decision to start Max in this particular game. He seemed a little shaky. Great to see Ryan with the long shot. Tim back on the score sheet and Denis back atop the golden boot race. Hey, there you go. I think he's tied right now for the golden boot. So hopefully we can get, we can keep him scoring some goals. I think that goal for, for Tim is going to be big. Hopefully it, it gets him back into like some sort of like confident form. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was good. I was, Josh texted me from the Philippines. Let's go max. Right. When, when the lineup dropped, um, I'm, I'm good with giving him that kind of confidence. Like, Hey, you've always been the number one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, aside from obviously the feel-good vibes of him coming back for a game of this magnitude, I actually think there's some tactics behind it because again, because of the because of the lack of control that we've shown for the last three, four months or so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, along with the the craziness of an El Trafico, to have a guy that actually allows you to control the ball in different ways. Um, again, to me, is is as much of a tactical move as much as it is, like I said, a feel-good move. And like I said, I'm I'm yeah. here for it. Yep. All right. Uh, Monster Twins. 
I feel good, alive. Are we back in business? I like Oliveira a whole lot. Timmy needed that goal desperately. I'm so happy for our boys. Love to see Max back. Glad I made the trek. Hey, congrats. I think I think Katie lives down in San Diego, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's, uh, one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna see a home El Trafico and I'm, it's gonna be great. Um but until now I haven't I haven't been to one still. So congrats on being able to be there. Next one is from Cameron. It's a picture. Uh, looks like him and the boys having a great time at El Trafico. Again, slightly jealous. Uh, need to add that the the kid in your picture has the all blacked out hat, which is my favorite hat. I wear it all the time. Uh, coaching, to work, whatever. I, I wear that hat all the time. It's my favorite one. All right, Gomez Jr., Palacios, we must keep him. Do all we can to keep him. Also, the starting three... Up top is what I think it should be moving forward. I liked it. I thought Mario Gonzalez did great coming in off the bench. I don't know if that's why he came to LA. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, Palacios is immense at left back. And I think um, they would do well to try and find a way to salvage the relationship, which from a handful of reports seems to be a bit rocky. Uh, I assume it's in a similar spot as the Sifu relationship was. So, um, Palacios, Palacios is, isn't expiring, is he? No, I don't think so. But so I think, I think, obviously, I think at that point, if you, you, you repair it by letting him walk, if the opportunity is there in the winter, then yeah, yeah, you almost have to at this point because again, you have to prove in this, this kind of goes to the larger transfer picture that you kind of have to prove that you can move. That, yeah. that South American talent onto Europe, if if at all possible, and again yep. the the emergence of Palencia makes that a little more palatable. And Hong's head still looks like he's got enough left in the tank that if you bring in credible credible yeah. depth there, I think you'll be okay. Um, but obviously, like I said, still still stinks to lose guys like that. But it's also what we signed up for in in the in the in the MLS this version of MLS where you, you yeah. see guys being sold on for fees. Yep. Yep. All right. Alan Kine. Great to finally see grit and clinicality flawed, but found a way is the knee off the snide. Can we continue? My notes are long to the bench, please. Someone help Palacios grow up. Could have easily seen red and someone please remind Steve that the middle of the pitch still exists. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, there's always stuff you can improve. Right. Uh, and I think, I think these are things that you could improve. Uh, definitely don't want to see Palacios have to miss another game. I don't know what his yellow card tally is now. So I, but I have to imagine he's going to be suspended for at least one more game somewhere before the playoffs. Um, so, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, maybe if they, if they pay him some more or, Tell him that a move is coming, then maybe he'll cool off a bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, timing's everything. You just have to. It's for 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 Palacios, right? It's you know, just don't get it before a big game, right? Or yeah, or if it gets suspended for a big game, and then on the part of LFC, it's like you have to know when to let him go, as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that will do it again. LAFC winners four to two over Galaxy. Um, one of the best. One of the best things every season is when you get a galaxy win. Right. Um, so, uh, I don't know what the next game is. I know we have Campeones cup coming up here. Yeah. I, I, it's like, I, I was kind of despairing. Like, Oh man, I don't know, but I don't know about silverware, uh, hardware in the next. In, so we know, go season. this, this Thursday to St. Uh, to St. Louis. So that's a big, that's a, Oof, that's a six that's a pointer one. right there. Right. So that's yeah. going to be the big one. And then we have Philly the following Sunday, three days later. If they can just break the first line of pressure against St. Louis, they're fine. You can destroy them. Which again, we so, did previously and it was three, nothing, right? Yes, so yes. That we, they, they, and I think having bogus in the midfield makes that even better. Same thing yep. against Philly. I think like the, I think Philly can be had if you can play credibly through the middle of the field park and yeah. bogus being able to make those turns does a lot for that. Uh, St. Louis, not a great Aaron long game. I'm just going to yeah. say it right now because maybe, th- maybe they that's will, why they will press him relentlessly. And he may end up coughing up a goal. So don't do it, Steve. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe that's why you have Mario Mario sit the whole, sit that game. Maybe you play that's Mario it. Yeah. Mario yeah. Chiellini and then coming into Philadelphia probably Long and Mario for that yeah. last game. Something like online. Like it. Um yeah, so, I mean they can they can technically win the Campeones Cup, which is a made up thing with a plastic trophy. Um, but <laughs> it seems we've missed on so many trophies at, at this point this season that uh I think I'd be okay with it. But yeah, you anyway, take what you can get. Yes, absolutely. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey Josh. LAFC Josh on X. All right. Thank you all for joining and good night.